and welcome to Goths Do A Podcast, the Halloween special. Our goths for today are Bella, Louise, Nikki, Kat, and myself, Crystal. Today we're talking about Witchy 101. We're going to talk about a brief history of witchcraft in the UK, being a witch in the 21st century, and what being a witch means to us and how it has helped us. We hope you enjoy. So, um, talking about witchcraft this week, um, so just to put it in a bit of context, the church obviously was incredibly powerful in the UK and also everywhere in the 14, 15, 1600s, um, so it was always kind of against the church to dabble in witchcraft. But, um, and kind of that was used to blame kind of ill fortune if your child died, it's probably witches, if the crops failed, it's witches, something bad happened to you, if you tripped up, if you dropped your purse and lost all your money, that that's witchcraft. It was kind of a catch-all to kind of, it was kind of, it, I guess it's similar to superstition, you just blame it on something else. Um, but yeah, so the Witchcraft Act, in 1542, Parliament passed what was called the Witchcraft Act, and that was the point where witchcraft became a crime that was punishable by death. Uh, that actually initially only actually lasted for five years. So is that when like they did all the witch trial stuff when they put all these laws in place? Yeah, yeah. So they restored it in 1562. The Witchcraft Act came back in. It was kind of it wasn't the same law but they brought in a new one i'm not entirely sure what the differences were but it was still crime punishable by death um and then a key date what key, key year was 1604 so in 1604 king james the first who was like he was, he was all about witchcraft he was all about demonology he published a book called demonology and he just kind of declared himself the expert on all things occult and yeah, so from that point on, like witchcraft as a crime wasn't tried by the church anymore. It was something that was actually like the king was particularly interested in. So the normal courts, I say normal courts, but like the legal courts, the ones not assigned affiliated with the church or whatever, they were the ones trying people for witchcraft. So that's when you get like the big boy witch trials of the UK because they were able to do it on like a much bigger level. That's really interesting. Yeah, that's a bit of context for you. Well, I did some research oh, because we knew, knew we were doing some research 101 into Wiccan because I know everybody probably knows the sentence every Wiccan is, uh, is a witch, but not every witch is a Wiccan because technically mm -hmm. Wicca and Wiccan is a religion. And apparently it didn't actually come into existence until um, 1950 in the UK and it's British Wicca. Apparently we are just witches in this country <laughs> um, and it wasn't actually he never the guy that actually brought it out as um as a religion never actually used that word he called it the craft of the wise witchcraft the witch cult it wasn't actually used the uh, uh, uh wicca or wiccan until 1958 and it was by um his um disciples basically that had decided that was the term they were going to use which i thought was quite interesting mm. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So, since this is going to go up around Halloween, it's our Halloween special. Some background on Halloween as it pertains to Wicca. We call it Samhain, and it is the last of the harvest festivals in our Wheel of the Year. And what we do is we say goodbye to the God for its passing, because the God is the sun. And so we're saying goodbye to him as we're getting into the kind of the darker months. It's when the veil between... The living and the dead is at its thinnest, so our rituals will usually include 
bringing people that have died into our rituals, saying, like, giving thanks to them as well. Also giving thanks to both the god and the goddess for the harvest. And it's technically the new year for witches. I always like the fact that it's the thinnest part of where, where the veil's the thinnest between the living and the dead, because there's that thing where if um, you can talk to those that you love that have passed. So what's interesting about that, so if you kind of, but yeah, that, that is a really interesting um, uh, fact. And actually not a lot of, uh, some of that I actually really didn't know. Thank you. Um, I think it's interesting if you tie it um, to kind of how we practice Christianity in the UK, especially the Catholic Church. I think it just kind of reinforces that Christi like the Catholic, like the church as it is now, has nothing to do with what was Christianity and it's just kind of poached these key dates and ideas from yeah. the religions that were there before them. Well, yeah, because, you know, everyone else was doing, you know, that everyone else was already celebrating these things. They already had, you know, um, these these celebrations and these festivals. And they're like, well, the easiest way to turn everyone over to this other religion is mm -hmm. if we go, you have the exact same festival, but instead of calling it this, you call it that. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much where a lot of, <laughs> a lot of them seem to have come from. Yeah, you can especially see it with like Christmas and Easter. Well, it's like with yes. the Christmas tree, it was originally uh, pagans would bring evergreen boughs into their house to celebrate the um, end of the year, the shortest day of the year, all of their, their kind of festivals. And because I think there's like three days in it, um, Christianity went, we bring evergreen boughs in as a Christmas tree to celebrate Christ. <laughs> so basically everyone's pagan. The Germans that started doing it. Yeah, the Germans brought it to the UK first, the actual Christmas tree, I think. Yes, sorry, that's what I meant. Obviously, I wasn't saying that the Germans started Wicca. That was a bit of a, a misleading <laughs> sentence there. Yeah, I don't actually know what it is in our German heritage. I would leave that up to Louise. <laughs> Tannenbaum. <laughs> what I was going to say that I find quite interesting, though, sort of from like a mental health perspective, is um, the idea that obviously we get past the shortest day of the year and we say goodbye to the sun. And like, for me, with like seasonal affective disorder, that is when it hits the hardest, is the start of November. It, like, it really mm. does feel like that immediate. Kind of an interesting thought that it's like, oh, see you in a bit. Bye. Yeah, see, because I also, uh, you know, get, get the good old sads. And I find that they don't actually kick in until after Christmas. Yeah, so, I, you know, I, the, the sads don't really kick in until after Christmas. And I find that's actually more because with Halloween and with Christmas, and, and even, even to a point New Year's, um, I've got a lot of things to look forward to. There's, you know, you're concentrating on, oh, what am I going to do for Halloween? What's Halloween's done? Oh, what am I going to do for Christmas? You're, you're, you're talking about and, and thinking about the festivals that are coming. You're um, putting yourself into the sort of, you know, preparation mindset because you, you're kind of distracted by something. I mean, yeah, I've got work and, you know, real life and all that sort of stuff, but there's this big event and it's especially when it's a big social or, or family event to look forward to as well and then once all that's done and we're in about sort of january time and the days are still pretty short and the weather's still really shite there's kind of like nothing really to look forward to until like april time for for, for easter or you know my birthday may the most important month in the year what about some of our other people's birthday <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, there's other people there too. Like, yeah. but no, you know, it's it's not the big, yeah. it's not a big sort of massive celebration that you can, you know, as I say, Halloween and Christmas is my favourite time of year. I absolutely love it. The summertime queen loves Halloween and Christmas, and yeah, no, it's it's just because you know, 
you've really got this thing to look forward to and it really does help me get through the winter and, and the darkest days of the year and you say it's not until actually the festivals are all done and there's uh what i've got to look forward to is actually quite far away i'm like oh okay i've actually registered i've got the sads now and i'm pretty sad about it cool about that if you think of like your oldest witches as maybe wise women that are men that were bringing you know these groups of people through the harsh winters you know pointing out that there was still stuff to look forward to and there was still brightness and there was still warmth even in the coldest darkest seasons it kind of puts like a really nice warm spin on witchcraft i think like they were just sort of guiding us through yeah because like after your halloween they got well we've got this shortest day of the year that brings all new beginnings and all new kind of hope and protection and all of that kind of stuff and that's why we bring evergreen boughs in because it shows rebirth and all of this kind of stuff which gives you something to look forward to and guides you through to the next bit which i think is quite nice and also the harvest aspect because obviously right now harvest is every day with tesco but um <laughs> back then like <laughs> the harvest seasons were it you know like it's genuinely exciting time because we have different types of food and food in general. Because you're right, that would have been the only time of the year that your food would be fresh. Or at yeah. least yeah. the grown produce. We'd have pumpkins. We would oh, indeed. Yeah. So many root vegetables. God, I love a good root vegetable. I've just remembered a really dark story that I kind of read in um, primary school. Because what the hell were they letting me read in primary school? Did anyone read um, Bishop Hatto? No. I think so. Okay, so basically this bishop, um, he, like, the harvest failed one year. And all the poor people, like, came and was like, help us, like, we've got no food and you have lots of food. And so, oh yeah, i got loads of food. And he murdered them all. He got all the poor people into his barn and was like, yeah, there's loads of food in there. And he killed everybody. Huh. And I don't, I, ah, uh, it was such a what good What were you reading because, in primary school? Because. Yeah, it gives he, us a end rather than suffering through a long and, and painful death. No, but he brought a curse onto himself. And somebody cursed him. And so he got chased, like, he had to kind of leave the island and go live in, like, a tower upset, up, like, off, in the sea somewhere, because all the rats kept chasing him. And then all the rats came out and, like, ate him. And it just made me think of that, because it was like, sorry, you were just talking about, like, the harvest? And I was like, oh, oh, I know a story about the harvest where somebody cursed the bishop. And I th there's some there's some tie in there. We're talking about the, the church taking over what? pagan festivals and doing bad things on harvest. Yeah, did you say primary school? Well, they, I didn't actually, it wasn't supposed to read it. I don't think it was supposed to read oh. it. Um, it was just in there. That's really dark. But, you know, there is a story about a guy that sells the last cow that his family were going to use for money for beans and then nearly gets eaten alive <laughs> by a giant. That's, that's pretty dark. He even yells, that's really if I dark, grow from, I smell the blood of an English man. Real talk, you read those, like, the, the original fairy tales, they're they're terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying. I've got, like, the whole compilation, and I think I've only read, like, six of them, because they are actually terrifying, like, what they were actually meant to be. I fear that we ventured off topic. We do this. What happens when you get a bunch of neurodiverse people in a room? Yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> One of the next questions was, what do you think witchcraft is in the 21st century? What is it in the 21st century to us, I guess? I would say there's more, um, what's it, solitary practitioners, as opposed yeah. to organised covens. I think that's the biggest kind of 
what the difference is. There was usually, because obviously there was such a stigma, um, it was always practiced within groups quite covertly. Um, and it was quite, it was nearer to organized religion actually, um, where there were certain rules you'd kind of read from the, you know, the leader of the coven's uh, book of shadows, their grimoire, and that's what you would base your book of shadows off of. But now it's more, you do your own research, like Richcraft in a sense has become very much to do with knowledge and very much to do with the acquisition of your own path. So for example, me, I'm very kind of drawn to crystals. So that's a big part of my craft. Other people, I have friends that are very into herbalism. So that's the basis of their craft. So it's all very, it's more individual. And I think it's a reflection of the secular kind of individual world we live in really, because people enjoy spiritual shopping and picking and choosing bits of faiths and bits of traditions that really align with them. So I think that is actually reflected in Wicca as well. That's quite interesting. Some of the reading I did around paganism and Wicca and stuff, it was all like, it's even though it's kind of still religion, it's more about the traditions within it. And you can do your own thing around that practice. So there's like certain traditions within the actual like religion that people still practice, but then the rest of it's individualized, which I quite like. And it lets you be spiritual in your own way. I think that's what really drew me to to sort of witchcraft and, and yeah, you know, all that sort of sort of stuff is um I could do what I wanted to. So so obviously my, my whole thing's the moon. Um it's a full moon tonight, by the way. Um <laughs> and uh, good night for recording it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and uh, you know, uh I was able to find you know, find information that really resonated with me, which might not necessarily resonate with other people. And, you know, I do I do quite a lot of tarot as well. I really love doing the tarot cards. And I I don't think I know a single person who does tarot the same way. Like everyone has their own way of reading the cards. Everyone has their own way of of um, you know, pulling a deck and their own way of also kind of putting the information from those cards as well and as someone who doesn't do very well at being told what to do <laughs> um uh, you know for me it's great because i can uh, i can go to waterstones and i can pick up all my books pretty much every book in front of me right now i've brought from waterstones um and uh i can just find the books that resonate with me that work for me and I, I don't I, I'm not sad they're going uh feeling like I'm being told oh you should be doing it like this actually or you know you can't do that you have to do it like this it doesn't count as a ritual unless you do this sort of thing um which you know because I've tried following to the letter some like spell work and ritual work and it just doesn't work for me I, I don't feel the energy it doesn't it doesn't make sense so yeah that's that's one of the things that really actually drew me to this yeah i feel like when you get started especially first and what i did anyway because i started getting interested in this kind of stuff when i was about i don't know i think i officially would have said that i was a witch probably about 14 and i thought i needed everything i wanted every crystal ball i wanted every all the bells and whistles every color candle but then as you get older and you research more you realize it's less about the things more about what they represent and if you've got that within yourself it's okay it's about your intentions. I agree with that so wholeheartedly. Yeah, I just think that a lot of, right now, there's a lot of commercialism 
sort of packaged up as as spiritualism and to be the most, I don't know, Instagram approved wicker in the world. You need every candle, all the herbs, all the crystals. But realistically, it's so much more intrinsic. At least to me, it is. And I think there's there's a little bit of, um, especially on, especially on the internet. That why do I say that? That's the only place place I speak to people. But there is a bit of gatekeeping that's coming. People going, mm. oh, well, you, you got your stuff of Etsy, or you got your stuff of this shop. Oh, you're just, oh, you're into chaos theory. You don't know light theory or whatever. And I think, to a degree, it's kind of people trying to be the most Instagram-approved um, practitioner that they like, um, which that they can be. But also, there's a there's a thing of people they're almost trying to shield themselves from the Instagram approval. Yeah, I feel like there's there's two different types. There's the ones who are, you know, want to be the pretty aesthetic kind of witch. And then there's those who say you're not allowed to use um, a book. You can't buy a stick to use as a wand, even though it looks really nice. It has a nice little crystal on it. It's engraved and everything. Uh, you have to go find one of the woods, what one that means one mm. to you sort of thing. And I mean, both both are fine. Both are correct. If it resonates with you, then it works. <laughs> Yeah, mm. I find with Wicca, there's quite a lot, like, I found in other religions that people feel guilt when they don't follow it to the letter. Whereas I find with people who are practicing Wicca or paganism, they seem to have left guilt when they're outside of what's the rules, because the rules are so flexible, because it's like, it's more of spirituality and what resonates with you and what's good for you. Like, if you want to shout at the moon and tell them off about your friends who have covid go for it if you want to light a candle and meditate go for it if you want to mix some herbs up and whatever that's fine too it gives you a lot more flexibility yeah there's there's some witches out there who if they knew the horrible horrible things i said to the moon <laughs> when my friend was ill <laughs> but she got better so clearly it worked so <laughs> clearly the moon is your bitch Really? Yeah, no, exactly. Is it not everyone else's favourite thing to do when you're having a bad night shift to go out into the garden? Look at the moon directly. Just kind of give it that look and be like, I see what you're doing. I see you. <laughs> I, I guess that happens more in mental health. It does occasionally <laughs> happen in A&E where it's a full moon. Everything's gone to shit and you're like, it's your fucking fault. You've made them all go mad. Behave yourself. <laughs> I have specifically swapped my shifts this week so I'm not working night shifts on the full moon. Everyone is welcome. <laughs> I would honestly anyone who says things oh, I don't believe in astrology I don't believe in the plants I don't believe in any of that stuff I'm just gonna cordially invite them go and spend the night in A&E on a full moon then come back and tell me that you don't think the planets have any effect on people mm -hmm. there is actually a thing in um I'm sure it happens in mental health as well but in uh, medicine where you're on one of the wards and it's just nighttime it doesn't even have to be a full moon and all of your dementia patients go absolutely bananas because the sun's gone down and you don't know why you've not changed what you've done ah, sundowners. the sun's gone down suddenly they're off their rocker and trying to escape they were fine 10 minutes ago <laughs> yep we get that on our ward as well sometimes everything's cool and then it gets like literally the sun will go down two minutes later pandemonium no reason they're just all yelling at each other nothing's happened well the dark is very scary True, but I also I also lay blame if anyone has said what I call the Q word, and Bella knows what I mean immediately. I was drinking water at the time and I had to not choke as because <laughs> I started laughing because yeah because I don't even say the Q word outside of my life now. I just don't say it. 
Oh, I do, but that means because I'm not at work, it's not my problem. No, because I just feel like it'll follow me. So um, for, for the listeners who obviously don't know the joke, uh, the key word is quiet. You never say anywhere is quiet. If you are on a hospital ward and you say, boy, it sure is quiet, you will get hit, you will get drinks thrown at you, there will be a riot, everything will go wrong, and it will all be your fault because you said the key word. I think, I think that's true for a... I think that's true for a lot of places, though, not just hospitals. I know oh, no. I'm on uh, the service desk and I'm like, oh, you know, it's a bit quiet. Not had many tickets today. Guaranteed a server yeah. or at least one server will just turn itself off for no reason. And if we don't think that that is a large part of tempting face in the universe working in <laughs> wonderful, humiliatingly funny ways. I love the idea that the universe is just about to humiliate us all. Yeah, I think sometimes, sometimes we all get a bit too big for our britches. Um, it's because Chris was yelling at the moon. Yeah, that's what it is, actually. Because of crystal. <laughs> the universe is just trying to keep you on your toes so that you're already, always awake, ready to react. True. I am a better woman for it. We're keeping us all, we're all ballerinas now. I've been on a toes so long, it's like, no, I can't come back down. I feel like talking, because I'm, in my family, we're not, spiritual but we're not like a religion we're more agnostic um and i find talking to people that from different religions quite interesting and i do resonate with wicca a lot more i just guess i've not really looked into it as much as i probably should because especially when i've done research about ruins and stuff hence why i've got some tattooed um i've always found that they 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 resonate with me a lot more but it's just, I find it really interesting talking to people who actually have the knowledge and the information because it just gives you a better understanding of what witchcraft is now compared to what you get taught at school. If you do get any taught anything about it at school. Oh God, all I learned was the bloody Salem witch trials, if that. Even then I didn't actually get most of the information. I've since like researched them properly and it was nothing like what people say happened. Mm. I think I've got some of that information because mum's a massive history buff. She loves all the royals. Like she, you talk to her about history, you'll be well, you'll be there talking to my mother for years anyway. But history, definitely, you'll be there for like centuries talking about it all because she just loves all of that stuff. So we've always got history programs going on in the background when mum mum can find them. Time team, mate. That's all you need. Fucking time team. I think like it's interesting that people talk about the Salem witch trials. I think that's a, a that's a quintessentially British thing. Is to deflect onto the Americans. And what they were doing is like no, we we oh, had yeah. our own. We, we we were doing we were doing the most. Like we were doing the like, we were doing all the stuff too. But it's very typical of British. We need to blame the Americans, yeah. not to take fault here. Come on, it's we do like, that with a lot of things. British. To be fair, we do love to blame the Yanks, even though technically it was us. People always do the most, though. We do, we do the most, oh, and then slave, go, slaves. All that. of America's fault. We, we, we always it. start the trend. <laughs> I like the cat that pushes the coffee off the table and then stands there like i didn't do it so like, who did that guys i see you're scrambling it wasn't me <laughs> absolutely <laughs> point of the salem witch trials were we not just expats that happened to be living in america we were like 30 years into our holiday at that point true actually we we just came invaded inside like everyone has still had an english accent to be fair, i could be wrong on that Someone feel free to check the dates on that. But I feel like we weren't in America that long before the Salem Witch Trials. White people have not been in America that long, full stop. <laughs> well, yes, very true. Very true. I believe, like, there are houses in my neighbourhood that are older than America. Yeah. 
easily. Anyway, before we start hating on Americans anymore. Mm. I wasn't uh, hating on them. I was literally saying it's it's us. We are the yeah, like British yeah. people with more problem. Like it's it's the more problem the more problem. I have a degree in English. More problem is us. <laughs> I was going to say, so, yeah, like, one of the things I found very interesting in my own sort of research of the history of of, of witches and, and all that is the um, the healing work. Um, I've always been very interested in that sort of um, aspect, I guess. I believe in modern medicine. I go to the doctors when I'm forced to and, and all of that. You know, I take my paracetamol when Bella makes me. Um, but you know, I've I've always loved the idea of I always love the idea of uh, you know it's it's the natural healer and you know there's you know what you're saying about about uh, herbalism as well. Um, it's actually partly why I got into plants was my first plants were all actually herbs. I I find that yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things I, I take away from sort of witchcraft is that healing aspect, and it's about healing your soul. Sometimes it's not just your physical ailments. You know, it's not just you know taking ginger when you've got a bit of a funny stomach it's actually sort of sitting down and meditating and reflecting and you know figuring out what it is you want to manifest and taking time to be thankful as well well part of modern medicine has proven in research that if you are well within your mind and your soul you are more likely to recover from physical ailments quicker even if it is an injury not just like a cold or something so all of those things do kind of align together and I'm it's good that they encourage you to be well within your mind your and your soul and your body because then it means if you're well in your mind and soul then you're in a better place when you do need to heal your body and the herbalism stuff it's like when people say I don't like taking modern drugs because they're all synthetic it's like paracetamol and aspirin are actually from herbs that were discovered through things like paganism and witch doctors and all of that kind of stuff there quite a lot of them are originally from organic matter we've just processed them and put them in a nice tablet form to make it easier for you to take mention the majority of modern anesthetics are still derived from the same plants it's just you need a patent to use them yeah, and also it's much easier to um, inject a liquid than it is to get the vegetable and stuff it in your face when I'm trying to knock you unconscious. Yeah, yeah, it is to be fair. I'm sure if I rocked up to one of the anaesthetic doctors with the herbal root of ketamine or fentanyl, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? Yes, but if you came up with some Carrara and explained it was a muscle relaxant to uh, make sure that no one started twitching while they were put under, they'd be like, all right, sound. I vote that we pay Bella to go and do that. I also like, to, go to, to the next operation and be like, yes, here is here is the root. It's, it's, it's all natural, so it's better for you. And just watch the patient have to like eat, just eat continually to like get themselves worked out. My second thought. You would have upset a lot of anaesthetic doctors with that for putting the breathing tubes in. You, you sort of joke, but you know, there have been... Um, instances where people have managed to use uh techniques like hypnotism and such to basically have painless procedures but without any anesthetic so there is a lot of um it, it's amazing how much uh you know mind over matter you know it, it, it's amazing how much just believing um even if it's a placebo effect just the belief itself can actually physically change your body or at least the way your brain interprets certain signals yeah i find that at work as well it's like those patients that are really anxious and not good in their mind and soul and they're hyperventilating they're in more pain 
than when they're relaxed. And it's one of those things when I do say, if you take a few nice cleansing breaths into your nose, out through your mouth, this will hurt a lot less. But either way, this is happening. So you might as well try and relax as much as you can because we are in A&E and it's shit to be here in the first place. But if you can take a few deep breaths and calm yourself down even slightly through a bit of meditation, well-being, positive manifestations, this will be okay. We'll get through this much easier and much quicker and it will be less of a trauma for the person. But sometimes, obviously, due to the type of environment I work in, that doesn't always work. But, you know, we all do try. Have you found though that people of strong faith, whether it's, you know, Wicca, Christianity, Islam, etc when they come in these people of strong faith they do manage to get themselves down to that state if you explain it to them it is something quite extraordinary about religion and faith in general about people's ability to sit there and become mindful Hmm. i think it allows people to become more relaxed about the situation depending on their religion of course because it's like you see people that are going through really terrible times maybe they have a really bad diagnosis but then they go don't worry it's god's plan or you know something like that it just puts them at ease and when they're at ease they're probably not going to get a lot more of the uh, stress induced symptoms um so that can help as well but in terms of the actual intentional healing like you were talking about earlier um i think that everyone should try reiki once in their life I'm st- I will stand by that. This is a hill I will die on. Reiki healing is actually insanely... It will change your life, guys. It will change your life. I'm not one to advocate for uh, drug use. So if you're not going to ever do LSD in your life, do Reiki healing because it will change you. <laughs> your options are LSD or Reiki. That's it. LSD or Reiki healing. Um, you can pick one. <laughs> um, tell me about Reiki. Pick. Tell us about the Reiki healing. I, I assume you've you've done some. Then I've had it in um, yes. uh, advice recommended before, but I've not actually. Oh done my god! It. Yeah. Um, it is. I can only explain from what I've had done. I've had it done a couple times, but I remember the first time I ever had it done. I think I was about sixteen. I went with my mum. She's all about that life too, and um, literally a dark room uh, you have your healer there and they once you're when you're lying down and everything you're calm and everything you imagine kind of an aura around you and they can actually feel out which of your chakras are blocked and which of them are overactive and underactive and it's basically chakra aligning so my um throat chakra was actually really blocked and the the healer actually helped it open back up and um my overactive one was my heart chakra like he was able to make me more of a balanced person help me ground and also give you techniques in the future um and literally when you left and it was the combination of being in a dark room going straight into like you know the outside world everything seemed brighter everything you seemed like weightless it was actually phenomenal and you could feel the difference within your chakras realigning and different things opening yeah, that was fascinating. I really need to try some. It, it, it's transcendent. Um, find someone that doesn't rip you off, because some people charge crazy amounts for it. But if you get it, I mean, what sort of price do you reckon you should be looking for then? I don't even know. Um, I've had it done for as little as like forty pounds, and then one guy charged like one twenty. 
I didn't pay for it. So I heard afterwards and I was like, what? I would not go back. But it just depends on try to meet the person beforehand to see if you like their vibe. Yeah, I think that's that's the important thing with a lot of those things, isn't it? Like even even just therapists, you know, you've got to make sure you actually mm-hmm. get on with them first. And you're all, you're both on the same, you know, same same level, same idea. Yeah, I think yeah. being vulnerable with another person, right? Like truly, mm-hmm. you know, therapy or Reiki wise, you have to open yourself up quite spiritually to someone. Yeah, that sounds terrifying now you've put it in that word. <laughs> uh, no, it's so good. Literally, imagine someone that could just, all they see is your energies and they can go, I can see that you have problems, you know, standing up for yourself in terms of when you speak, do you often bite your tongue and not speak to people? And you're not expected to speak back. It's just, you know, they can see your energies, but they'll be kind of talking you through it, particularly if it's your first time. And then when you hear it, it's almost a transcendent experience. You want to cry. You actually want to cry because you're like, oh my God. I can only compare it to what people would feel like in church. You know, when they have those, um, I don't know, Catherine, you might be able to kind of shed some more light on this kind of thing. You know, when they have those, um, they feel like they've been touched by God. Yeah, yeah. Way. They feel like they can feel the spirit in them and they get so overwhelmed and they yeah. cry. It's kind yeah. of like that, you know? Yeah, so I, I can't remember what it's called, but yeah, so I've been to like a church where they do, do encourage that. And you do have people come to the front and like kind of almost really, really, like really kind of breaking down because they feel like they've been touched by this like higher being that's called on them to change their lives. So yeah, I, I do see the parallels there. And we're back, and we're back to like the parallels between these different practices like so much of it is connected and a lot of it is we, we're doing the thing without realizing that we're doing it but yeah it sounds like an incredible experience i mean yeah so i um i grew up catholic um and i basically kind of just swapped out god for either the moon or the universe depending on what i'm blaming or who i'm blaming on and so i you know some, someone mentioned before like oh this is god's plan for me when something happens and it's even if whether it's ideal or not ideal um you know i always sit there and go the universe is is testing me uh for whatever reason and it's going to make me a better person for it um or or a stronger person and sometimes that's the only way i can get through some of the things that you know you know just just mentally being able to get through some things and but like you say it's all i've done is swap out one word for another word and it's still an omnipotent being who is somehow in control i think um the way humans spiritually humans spiritually in my opinion want to be spiritually nourished they want to feel something hence why everyone is so ready to believe something you know um granted there are a lot of atheists in the world is technically becoming more secular but even with the move away from organized religion people are still seeking out other things you get you get those people on their gap year traveling to india to find something higher than themselves everyone is looking for to be spiritually nourished in some way and when people find that it's such an emotional overwhelming experience i don't know about you guys because i know a lot of you guys do rituals and things but sometimes when you're doing a ritual when you know you're screaming at the moon whatever does the emotions just like they flood sometimes because like this is actually so powerful oh yeah there's you know there's just this feeling in your chest and you're just oh yeah no it it is it's completely it's it's completely insane that feeling i could not even begin to try and explain it to someone where you know some things just connect and things just make sense suddenly 
or you know you 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 just feel this rush of emotion and you know it's probably something you've been holding in for a long time for whatever reason and you're finally getting the opportunity uh you finally get the opportunity to safely let it out and and really feel those emotions if you bring it back to kind of the idea of like rituals and kind of everyone wants to be spiritually nourished even people who are like hardcore atheists you have your rituals you get up in the morning you make a cup of tea you read paper you have your rituals throughout your day because they make you feel better that's how you organize your time that's how you kind of take care of your mental health so yeah i think we all kind of do rituals we just don't realize it i mean a shower a shower is just a cleansing ritual you're literally cleansing <laughs> i like that mention any time that you hope just hoping it's appealing to some sort of higher power especially as a lot of things I just realised how deep this is getting, but, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things that happen uh, that are out of our control, and it's not a nice feeling, and it's kind of nice to just sit there and go, well, I'm not in control, but something else is in control, and that something else has my best interests at heart, so it's all going to work out. That's It's the psychological thing that you need sometimes um, to... To, yes, to get through things. I think some of it's also the world is so messed up in so many ways, especially nowadays. But you just want to know that there is something more out there, that there is there is a reason for all this chaos and all this, I don't want to use the word evil, but all the bad things that happen in the world, there is a reason for it, even if you can't see what it is, because there's something else like a god or a goddess or the moon that has decided that, this needs to happen for other good things to happen. I, I would agree with that. It's kind of this, um, you know, wanting to know that this isn't all for nothing when in reality, I mean, I believe it's for nothing. Um, and even in my faith, there are people that believe that there is a form of the afterlife and things like that. I personally, and that's the beauty of solitary practitioning, you can just go, I know a lot of people believe there's an afterlife, but I personally have no idea. And I don't have any idea. I don't think there is. I think this is it. I would like to believe there is, but I can understand when th that there gives people some kind of comfort and solace to know that, like, everything I'm doing right now is not just for nothing. Because otherwise, if you're just living in this nihilist kind of determinist mindset where it's, what's the, what's the point? That can, that can make you depressed real quick. You know, that can make That sounds exhausting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just to be like, I'm I'm killing myself for mindset. bloody capitalism and nobody even likes me anyway, and then I'm gonna die and it's gonna be worth nothing. It's Are you trying to write a pop yeah. punk song? I'm really, I mean, what can I say? What can I say? <laughs> I hate this town, guys. I hate this town. <laughs> Gotta get out. <laughs> to make a pop punk record oh yes when you get to that mindset though it proper takes you out of the perspective of what's important so i think people worry so much about what's happening after you die that people forget to sort of live while we're here absolutely yeah like, if, you're so, if you're so consumed that like oh what's gonna happen after i die what's gonna go on no it's all for nothing what's the point like, you're not gonna you know be nice to the person that sat next to you because what's the point but like the point is to be nice well yeah the point yeah. is that even if this is it we should make it 
the best that we can do and that includes being nice to each other because then it makes it a much more pleasant place to live because if this is all I have I don't want everything I've done to be a bad experience for me let alone someone else because if that's all they have as well well why am I being rude to them or talking to them like they're a moron when actually they may be just having a bad day and they just need some kindness and they just need you to take a breath and be nice to them I lied earlier I have one other deity and that is Marie Kondo um, <laughs> but you know, uh, I've, I've read, I've partly read her book, and I've, I've watched the Netflix series, and like this whole thing about bringing joy, and I've realised that that's that's it. That's my motivation. It's to bring joy. Um, I'm just sort of figuring out the sort of priorities and trying to bring myself joy before I start trying to bring everyone else joy. But I've realised that. Yeah, that's that's what I want to do. I kind of don't care how I do it, and you know, it, be, being sort of spiritually aware, I find really helps me bring joy to myself, and which then puts me in a position where I can bring joy to as many people as I can. And you know, when when my friends have, you know, they need some support or something, I I feel like I can help bring them joy um and and you know um you know ah i don't know the words but i just i just love you guys okay i just want you all to be happy can you just be happy for me please shall we bake a cake with rainbows like we did in middle school (laughs) we should we should (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't even go here um but yeah like you know as you're saying like the important thing for me and it was it was it was witchcraft and and paganism that really sort of i keep swapping those words i know you're not meant to but i'm going to um you know it's it's that who helped me is that what helped me open myself up spiritually to be able to really be able to bring joy and really understand what that means to me as well Uh, that actually kind of leads into the next question we left on our prompt which was what does being a witch means to you so crystal's kind of already said what it means to her because it helps her bring joy and be spiritually connected with herself but what does everybody else think it brings them being a witch or at least being because for me it's being within that culture because I'm not I wouldn't say necessarily I was a witch but I do take things from that culture like I like the protection runes and how it manifests um good feelings and health and all of that kind of stuff but yeah what does it mean to everyone else I see to me it's all about uh, eating babies and praising Satan. Um, exactly. Sorry, one of us had to address it eventually. <laughs> what we're actually talking about here. Crystal is is a code name for baby. <laughs> yes. Sorry about the double stuff. I got a wi- I got my Wiccan ruins as I wanted, and uh, one of them's the pentacle or the pentagram. And I'm surprised no one has mentioned mentioned the Satanist um connection when they've seen my tattoo, because obviously I got it for the five elements: the spirit, air, earth, water, and fire. But obviously, everybody else in the universe that isn't anywhere connected to Wiccan or paganism or anything goes, oh, Church of Satan. Well, you oh, know, God, yeah, you know so I assume they probably think it's just like edgy, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm just edgy. I'm so edgy. Yeah, I think it's just like edgy, man. Yeah, no, I think, I think things like the pentagram. <laughs> I think things like the symbols, like the pentagram and maybe even the three goddesses, 
are a lot more, ugh, I hate this word, mainstream now. <laughs> like, with the rise of the emo and the fact that goth culture seems to be in at the moment. It, they might not understand what it ego. is, but everyone's an ego now, which is like new emo. Oh, I think everyone looks so cool. Um, it's like what I don't know. I feel like I agree. I think it's because it's everywhere now. People just will see it as a fashion statement, as a, as opposed to like, oh, it has religious connotations. Yeah, because when people ask me what my tattoos mean, so I have got the pent uh, pentagram the uh three goddesses and then i've got i always say it wrong the tri tri tribeca it's the one that's on the book of shadows and charms <laughs> that's not why i got it but i always say the word really wrong i'm dyslexic okay <laughs> i can't even remember how to pronounce it right now so tricera no triceratops no <laughs> that's what we're going for now that's what we're going with now it's triceratops right. Yeah. I should get a triceratops on my bicep to go right next to my um, protection ring. <laughs> Absolutely should. Wait, well, I'd love that. <laughs> um, but I that obviously on brand for you. <laughs> it would be because I. I Wait, but then you'd have your tries on your bicep. <laughs> <laughs> I could always get it on my tricep and have my tries on my tricep. Um. So yeah, I got like. One that we cannot pronounce, and uh, listeners, please put it in the comments so that we, we can try again. Um, <laughs> it's an unbroken, never-ending line. It is meant to represent protection and unity and everlasting life. And then the triple goddess is, actually has three meanings that all have to do with, like, some of it's fertility, because the mother represents fertility. But it's all about that growth and new beginnings and birth and all of that kind of manifesting all the good things. So, yeah, that's what i've taken from the wiccan culture which i just feel like all oh, soft spiritually things i think for me um what it kind of i i'm actually very careful not to call myself a witch myself a wick or anything just because i'm aware there's so much that i don't know and i'm just i'm just trying to be respectful like i'm i'm very aware that i'm dipping in and out and i just want to be as respectful as i can be like this is a religion and this is like people's culture so I think for me it kind of means, is it narcissistic if I say that I'm my higher power? No, I love that. Yeah, go for it. Like, it's just because... You're the goddess within yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's just that kind of thing. It's kind of like relying on yourself. I think being raised like Catholic, being raised in the church, you're kind of taught to go, oh, well, it's a part of a plan, it's part of a thing, just got to go with it. And I think what this has done for me has kind of made me go, well, actually, life is not happening to me. I am happening to life. I am happening to the world. The world is not happening to me. Um, It's kind of taking a bit more ownership of yourself yeah i guess it's you taking more ownership of your actions it goes back to the being nicer that everybody can have a nice day or whatever you do you control your reactions to things and how you react can change a situation for each individual person and you are in control of that okay yeah the world that shit does happen out of your control but you still can control yourself yeah, like, the universe mm -hmm. is never going to bring me joy. I have to manifest my own joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that. You said that, Catherine, because my answer is, like, when I, the same as you, I sort of dip in and out. I wouldn't say that I'm devout to any kind of religion, but when it's a full moon and I remember, I love using, you know, kind of reading the books and kind of using it as a good way to focus and meditate and kind of think about what I want to bring for the next month. But I do find it to be this deeply, like, feministic and empowering kind of 
thing that I do for me. That, that's really what it is and what I do, you know, so I can bring a bit of hope to my friends and in the same way that Catholics go to church and they light a candle for each other, that's sort of my way of trying to pass things on to the people that I care about and I love. That's pretty much it. I would say for me, it's sort of, I, I what Catherine and Nikki said, like kind of resonates with me as well in the fact that you're kind of understanding your own power in this world if you know what I mean and the interconnectedness of it all is what really makes me feel like in awe of the world around me that we're not just existing in this world this world is like we're all connected to it we are all it's just like one big organ I don't know how to explain it doesn't make it sound gross but we're literally all interconnected no motion no sensation goes without another reaction and you can control your future the same way anyone else can it just the fact that everyone has their own individual power to be harnessed is fascinating and i think it gives me a new appreciation for nature and the world around me honestly i keep saying my dream is to just be a swamp witch i want a cabin like a little swamp cabin with a swamp i want crocodiles instead swamp as well maybe not actually maybe there's a nice one because i also want to just fill it with cats anyway <laughs> you know i'd love to be i'd love to be that witch who you stumble on in the middle of the woods and you're like i don't actually know whether i'm safe or not <laughs> you are completely safe but you know there's just that there's just that oh is the is this fruit that she's offering me uh poisoned or or is it like a, a fey fruit are, am i now indebted fruit. to her for the rest right of my life I mean, if it's trippy fruit, I'm down for that. Uh, there's a reason I'd never make a gingerbread house, because the reason why mine would still be under construction is I kept eating it. <laughs> Real talk, it's so good. Yeah, it's either food or shelter. It's it's that That's the reason not to do that. Goss attempt to build a gingerbread you... house, but then they eat it. <laughs> like, before <laughs> it, it was together, they're eating it. <laughs> uh, the Christmas vlog, I see you've already planned it. Put butter in the gingerbread, you can't eat it without getting the oh, tummy. You can't do so oh, much damage. My through. greatest weakness, <laughs> dairy. Just making it sound more appealing. <laughs> I know, it's so buttery and delicious. Honestly, I cheer on the children to come and eat it and fight. find out. Come on. Um, I, I, I make banning, banging gingerbread around Christmas, so um, yeah, I'm on it. You're banning a gingerbread? No, I make banging gingerbread. Yeah, gingerbread is oh, right, good. I thought you were actually. Banning it, and I was about to like cut you out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm the editor, bitch. I cut you out. <laughs> this is just gonna be like so two minutes of like well, I'll start my podcast with blackjack and hookers. In fact, you know what? Forget the podcast. <sighs> oh, I... And gingerbread. Full of oh, butter. After our, uh, our beautiful <laughs> diversion. Full of butter. <laughs> How has being a witch helped you? Most recently? Yeah. Uh, I used it on night shift <laughs> to make a patient go to sleep and another one to stop snoring Did so you much. Pray to the moon or something. Is witchcraft the Which name sounds... of a pillow or. <laughs> I was going to say, how did that feel so No, so um, in, in my job, without being too specific, uh, part of what I have to do is I'm paid to watch people sleep for money. 
love it. Leave it there. Say nothing more. So I'm watching this girl, and I'm I'm hoping that she falls asleep soon. Like I, it, it's getting towards midnight, and I'm like, just please go to sleep. And I find myself like doodling a little pentagram on my leg. So as I do the circle, I do it clockwise. And I repeat a name, and then as I do the little pentagram, I say my little wish: please have a restful sleep. And then we do another one, another circle round. I kind of repeat it three times and kind of, you know, do a little blessed be and tap my thigh. In my head, of course, as I'm watching this girl. Next thing I know, eyes closed, snoring. I'm like, holy shit, that can't have worked. That can't have worked, but it did. That's a bit weird. So then I go into another girl's room and she starts doing this really creepy snore. Like it sounded like to the point where I called someone else into the room and was like, this doesn't sound healthy. Is she okay? And they're like, no, that's how she snores. She's fine. So I was like, well, it worked last time. I'll do it again. Do the same sort of business and say her name. And I'm like, okay, I hope that you breathe more clearly. And the next thing you know, she stopped snoring. And obviously, you can argue from a scientific perspective, one girl went to bed because it was late at night and the other girl readjusted and stopped snoring. But holy crap, it was very coincidental. I love the confirmation bias. It's, it's the best thing ever. I use it throughout my whole life. <laughs> oh, no coincidences, Nikki. I 100% agree that it, it is just coincidence. You think so? I think there are no However, coincidences. I think it was intention. I just think I have magical thighs is what I'm like. Guys, they blind. <laughs> <laughs> you named the podcast. Nikki's whole Stay explanation, in. she has given the worst, it's like one of those worst ways of describing your job ever. I, I watch people sleep and get paid for it. No, the best yeah. description of her job is And now guys, she has blind. magical thighs. <laughs> Oh, I think the best definition of my wrestler, uh, my job is I work in mental health. I'm a professional wrestler. <laughs> That's the worst one. Or um, I save people. I save people's lives. They hate me for it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. They're all bad. All of my job descriptions are terrible. I, I like. I some people are like describe your job the worst way possible. I stab people um, and get paid for it. their blood. With yeah, the government pays me to stab people. <laughs> oh, how has being a witch helped anyone else? So that's how Sorry. it's helped Nikki recently. I can't think of a specific, not nothing recently. I don't know. I'm because I have my practices that I do every day. Like I bring my crystals everywhere with me. I kind of do my rituals. I'll be doing one tonight. It just kind of, <laughs> guys, it's a lifestyle at this point. Um, so yeah, I really can't think of something that I've because I haven't really done any spells as of late quite frankly or any manifestations um in particular but it has kind of what it like how it's helped me is it's helped me become a lot more understanding um to other people's kind of not just points of view but what they're going through um because I feel like and that's what makes me want to share kind of crystals and share things that have helped me because I can't think of a life without this now I can't think of a life where I can't feel anxious and then do some crystal work and then feel better it just makes me feel like I really want to share this you know and I like that I like that you feel that because it's helped you it's something you can introduce other people to because yeah it may not work for them but it may be something that in the end actually does help them get feel better feel more connected I guess for you, Louise, it's, it's not so much that it improves your life, it, it is your life. It's such an intrinsic part of every day where it's kind of all like, how does eating, how does breathing, how does sleeping improve my life? Like, it, it, I, I, I just do it. 
Yeah, I agree. Just speaking on your No, people. I agree. That's a good way of putting it. It is. It's literally a part of my days now. And it's lit, guys. It's lit. It's lit. It's lit, too. Feel. I think you'd feel going a whole day, you know, without the crystals, without the crystal work, you know, you feel anxious and you're basically just, you've got to rely on other methods. Do you think that would greatly impact your day? Heck yeah. Um, and that's troubling. Um, <laughs> like, quite frankly, it's something I'm working towards, not weaning off per se, but I'm working on other methods that aren't external um for my self-soothing if you know what i mean so it's like i used to rely on hilariously enough one of my pet rats um every time i would feel anxious mulan would come out my day would be automatically better when she passed i was like oh my god i have to do this on my own so i kind of had to come up with new methods and things like that to kind of make myself feel better which i think it's kind of um it's hard to give up what works but i know there will come a day when i'm stressed and i do not have a crystal in sight and i'm gonna have to do it on my own that day has not come so far fingers crossed but i know what you mean and i think it's something that i am using as i, I fret to say the word crutch but i can't think of a better word for it i'm gonna argue with you a little mm -hmm. bit there i'm gonna argue with you how is it any different from somebody who has to take medication for anxiety or depression um, it's what works for you. you say, oh, you need to learn to do it without like this crutch or this thing. So you found something that really works for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I, obviously, obviously, you want to have your own journey. You want to do your own thing, but don't put the pressure on yourself to like because I don't like the way you're saying it's like it's a crutch. It's like no, you found something that works for you. It's a healthy coping technique. Yeah. I don't like that. It's. I I feel that, and I agree. I feel that because it's material. Is something that I might catch okay. myself without, and then what happens? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Medication, you gotta take it every day, <laughs> and it's always kind of mm -hmm. you know. But if I could, best believe if I could swallow crystals, painful poo, but <laughs> you'd be all the time. I mean, right? Some people do, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, I hate it so you don't, you can, you just shouldn't. This is this is a health, uh, this is a health alert. Please do not swallow <laughs> shards of rock um, and and or glass uh, or polished stone. Please, please, please don't do that. So, anybody else want to say how witchcraft has helped them as a human being? Um, I'd like to go next if uh, if uh, that's allowed. If that's okay. If, uh... No, it's not allowed. You're oh, not allowed to oh, speak. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um... pulling your leg. Come on. <laughs> One of the um uh one of the ways being a witch has helped me. Um, I've mentioned previously that uh I do a lot of tarot cards, and um I mainly do a three card spread, which is past, present, future. Um, I don't tend to always do the upside down cards, mainly because my book does not have the reversed meaning, so I kind of go, eh, it'll be fine. But to be fair, what I do is when I'm shuffling the cards is I do say out loud uh, my question that I'm going to be drawing three cards, what those three cards are, past, present, future, and that I will not be reading any upside down cards. And since I started doing that, although I do get upside down cards because I'm not very good at shuffling, um, 
when I turn them the right way around, that means a lot more than if I were to take the reverse meaning. So they're definitely listening to me. Um, and I try and do them just kind of generally. It might be my question is just, what should I reflect on? Um, but especially when I'm going through something. So um, when I was uh, worried about changing jobs, um, I pulled the cards and it really helped me like, you know, uh, it really helped me sort of reflect on why I wanted to to change jobs and how I'm actually feeling at the time. I'm not very good at sort of reading that myself. Um, and uh, I find using the cards actually really helps me, you know, reflect on the situation. And sometimes, sometimes I'll sit there and go, oh, what shall I reflect on? But in my head, I have a question. And it's one of those things where, like, they say if you flip a coin, as soon as it's in the air, like, to make a decision, if you flip a coin to make a decision, as soon as it's in the air, you know exactly what you want it to land as, and that's the decision you should actually make, regardless of how the coin lands. I, I find it's a similar sort of feeling with the tarot cards. So when I'm reading them, they're telling me exactly what I know they're going to say. And, you know, someone else might read them differently, of course, but they basically just sort of confirm what sometimes I'm not, you know, I'm not exactly being truthful to myself about. Especially, um, it was a, you know, a while back during a relationship breakdown. No matter what I asked the cards, if it was completely different, and even if I did like a massive spread or anything like that, it all came down to, bitch, just get out, go fucking find yourself, you need to just relax and take some time to yourself because, girl, you've been through some shit. And it was only when I actually listened to the cards and removed myself from the situation and found myself, um, you know, you know, I, I felt so much better and, and I to be fair, I refound really a lot of my my uh passion in in, in uh, witchcraft. But it was it was just the cards I knew the cards was trying to say that and I knew the cards wanted me to to move on and to to or, or to do what it is that I, I know I need to do. And sometimes it's just the push I need. Like someone can sit there and tell me a thousand times, you know, just do it. But when you pull three random cards and they're all in favor of the thing that you know you need to do it kind of feels a bit more like um if it, it feels more like you are um i don't know i guess it comes kind of back down to the universe with me like you're kind of actually going the way the universe is trying to point you and yeah it kind of helps me know that i when i'm ready to do things as well i'm ready to stop lying to myself about whatever thing it is well said i think i guess it's like a variation on those ink blot tests it's like tell us what you see on the cards that will kind of another open up another method of communication with yourself i think that's quite similar kind of when i'm doing things like this i'm kind of just trying to get back in touch with myself it's like you know what you're at you know what the actual truth is you know what you need to do you know what you want to, like you tell yourself you want certain things when it comes down to actually manifesting what are you actually trying to bring towards you um, kind of if your subconscious and your conscious aren't agreeing with each other you're you're gonna you're gonna sabotage yourself you're gonna be clashing with what you say you want and what you actually end up doing yeah no real well said thank you <laughs>
think another method that is quite good if you guys haven't explored that yet because i know a lot of you guys love tarot as well i would say pendulum dowsing it's super depending on how elaborate you do it much like tarot because you could do like a full thing or just pull a few cards but um pendulum dowsing 10 out of 10 because you can get an answer asap it's like the witch's magic eight ball it's excellent i i recommend have any of you guys tried it I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I used to do, I used to do pendulum. That was actually the my first foray into witchcraft was was using a pendulum. Yeah, it's most people's into like dowsing and stuff. It's so good. Yeah, no, it really kind of again. It was it was uh, you know a lot of self reflection, a lot of stopping <laughs> lying to myself, and that you know I, I'd seen it on I'd seen it on TV like Charmed or Buffy or something like that, and I was like, oh, I wonder if that works in real life, and I sort of tried it with this you know, intense sort of belief that, you know, this, the hell, this might actually work. And uh, that's actually what led me into really exploring witchcraft. Um, and, you know, I mean, uh, the internet was still not as copious as it is now with information. So I did what I could. Um, but yeah, it's um, it sort of really opened my eyes up. And also, like you said, you have to kind of trust in the process in terms of like you're pulling these cards you're seeing this result on your pendulum or on your crystal ball you're seeing these results from your subconscious and from the universe whether you choose to listen to it or not and trust in the process is on you but if you just go with it you notice the results are so much more fruitful any other notes on witchcraft super cool and if anyone is listening wants to try and get some more information and start up their own practice there are plenty of places to start. I started at Google and at Waterstone and with asking other people. Um, I'd say if, if you're concerned or thinking it's a big step or you're worried about it, um, come join us. The water's fine. Yeah, I was going to say, you can probably contact us on our um, socials. If it is what someone like me who is probably just as clueless as you about Wiccan or witchcraft, I can I let the other girls know there are questions and make them answer them because I don't want to give you the wrong information. <laughs> I do want to give you the wrong information, but I also worship chaos, so... <laughs> I will be asking Louise for you lovely human beings. Don't ask me, I'm still. starting a witch MLM. I'm getting you guys an appearance game, don't ask me. Okay, Google everyone. <laughs> I knew those essential oils were still good. Oh. The spiritual cut of everything you guys manifest. Beautiful. So you're hoarding good vibes. Correct. Yes, these are my good vibes. They're not for you. They're for me. <laughs> but seriously, people, if you want more information, it is out there. Just being a bit spiritual is always helpful, and. It's just, yeah, good to be nice and manifest some good vibes for yours, your own, and the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Be curious. Be curious Always and get involved. Be curious. Mm. Just be careful. Curiosity killed the cat, you know. Satisfaction brought it back. <laughs> Jinx. Nikki, you got it. But I don't think we probably mentioned it enough. Um, Wicca and witchcraft and all of the fun and wonderful stuff it's open to all genders oh, yeah. all gender expressions we've been talking about it as largely like a, a women's sort of vibe but it, it's open for everyone it's a wonderful thing in fact actually that's again one of the things that drew me to witchcraft is how loving <laughs> and open it's like no we don't care as long as you are you know 
not putting out bad vibes into the universe, you know, safe, sane, and consensual, fucking yes, come in. The, you know, come in. That was my last like, serious point. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at Goths Do A Thing. And on our Twitter at Goths Do A Thing. And YouTube's Goths Do A Thing. That was our podcast on Witchcraft 101. What did you think about our opinions on all things witchy and paganistic? Did you agree with us or do you have any alternate views? Please do let us know on our socials at Goths Do A Thing or down in the comments. We really hope that you enjoyed it. We put a lot of work into it this week. We look forward to seeing you next time in our new season at the end of November. We will talk all about feminism.